The presidential motorcade which just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. Well, the witching hour is here. We're coming up on Halloween and the witching hour is here. I need to get my Vincent Price on. Because, yeah, the left has got a new way to go after Brett Kavanaugh. And I know we've talked about Brett Kavanaugh quite some time. I don't even really care for the guy. Just glad that we have another somewhat conservative justice in the mix to offset the balance. You know, even if he is a Bush guy. But the way that they railroaded him was ridiculous, and we had to point that out. But now, they've got their new approach. Modern-day witches are planning a public hex on Brett Kavanaugh. Yep, you heard me right. (laughs) Modern-day witches are planning a public hex on Brett Kavanaugh. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. This is from WFLA. Dozens of witches plan to gather in New York City to cast a spell on newly confirmed Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Catlin Books, a bookstore in Brooklyn, is holding a ritual to hex Brett Kavanaugh, according to invites they sent out on Everbright. Brett Kavanaugh will be the focal point, but by no means the only target. So bring your rage and all of your axes you've got to grind, invite reads. Man, I don't know if you have a truck big enough for that. Can you really? You're going to have to fly that in on like one of those UPS cargo planes. All the outrage and axes you have to grind. The events organizer, Dakota Barsali, hosted three hexes against Donald Trump last year. Those seemed to work out swimmingly. Was the hoax, were the hexes specifically appointed at Trump's Twitter account so Trump will come out and tweet some random craziness against himself? I mean, I don't know. But anyways, you should have widened the net on that, on that hex, but you know. So, witchcraft has been used throughout history as a tool and an ally for people on the fringes of society who will not ever really get justice through the powers that be. So, is that now that there's witch injustice? Not this injustice or that injustice, but actual witch injustice. You know, social justice Witches, I don't know. I mean, I didn't think you had to go out and get witches, and I don't think just because you are a witch and you don't have elected representation in the legislature doesn't mean that's your only course of action. The hex. Gosh, this is just the dumbest story. But anyways, so going back to what she was talking about to the newspaper, Barsali said, so they have to enact their own justice. We want to have an act of resistance, Barsali said in an interview with Time, because Time magazine decided to take its stature and its credibility and interview witches placing hexes on politicians. It's about having space for survivors. You know, just like in Baltimore, we got to give them space to destroy. We got to give them space to make hexes and perform witchcraft. I don't know. I don't even know anymore. So we have to have space for survivors of sexual assault who are not going to be silent 
And who don't want Brett Kavanaugh to serve as a symbol of defeat? Ten bucks says if you're a witch, you probably haven't seen that much play to even have an assault. But that's just me. Barsali plans to hold a second ritual called the Rights of the Scorned One for survivors of the sexual assault who want to speak out. We're raising visibility and letting people know they're not alone with the monsters. Barsali said, even the witches are coming out of the woodwork to stop this. The witches have finally showed up. You know, we've been putting out the call for the resistance and all we got was Antifa thugs and we got, you know, moron politicians who want to culturally appropriate all types of ethnicity and pretend they're Hispanic or Native American. But we've been calling for the witches and they finally showed up. Now, this is where... The wheat is separated from the chaff because the store is charging guests $10 to attend the event. Half of the proceeds go to Ali Forney Center and the other half to Planned Parenthood. Yep, the sacrificial, the child sacrifice, the burnt offerings to Baal of Planned Parenthood. The witches are going to throw a five spot from every ticket to them, I guess. So it's going to be my pretty, we must make a potion to cast our spell upon the frothy suds that Justice Kavanaugh may consume. Bring me the tears of Triglypuff and the hair of a third-wave feminist. Is that what it's going to sound like? I think if he's stirring a pot, you know, over, over an open fire, throwing in some tears from Triglypuff and some hair from a third-wave feminist. I mean, will they un unleash a ton of black cats to walk in front of him when he's leaving the Senate chambers? I mean, this is ridiculous. And again, this freakout by the left is a spiritual war on top of being a political one. I've covered this quite a bit. I know a lot of people are saying, well, don't get into your Christianity and don't get. But think about it. The viral video of Mr. Resistance Hipster, Vidal Baboon, you know, the haircut guy, the stylist that got canned. The He got canned because... He was a pro-abortion activist interviewing a pro-life female who was protesting peacefully at an event. And then what did he do? He tried to pull a little Bruce Lee, a little roundhouse kick, drop kicked her. And while he was doing that, he was sporting a necklace with a pentagram on it. Now, remember, the Democrat Party booed God three times and did so on national television. When they were discussing the party platform, should we have God? Should we have? No, boo, boo. And then they even faked the vote. Even when the vote came through as overwhelmingly against God, they pounded the gavel and said, okay, we vote to add God onto the platform. And then because they were stunned, they didn't think it was going to go that far. They didn't realize the Democrat Socialists of America have already taken over this party and are trying to flip primaries like they did for Ocasio-Cortez. And what they're doing for who's running against Feinstein. So they were trying to pull back from that whole, uh, you know, blasphemous display at the convention and it didn't work. They had to accept it. But this is why, you know, they do what they do. This is why they freak out when they've lost power in governance. It's why every time there's a Patriot's Prayer March, Antifa vigilante thug squad show up in black mask with creative weaponry, and they just go through taking the place out. It happened in Portland. It happened in New York City. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. 
The city of Portland was a mess this weekend. A right-wing group called Patriots Prayer organized a march for law and order on Saturday, but law and order were nowhere to be seen. And see, that's the interesting part. I keep telling everyone, especially living in the Commonwealth of Virginia, Charlottesville's only three and a half hours up the road, the mayor and the vice mayor were sympathetic to Antifa. And Governor McAuliffe at the time, he was sympathetic to Antifa. He told the state police to stand down. There was no law enforcement to help these individuals with their march. And so same thing happened here in Portland. They've allowed them to go out and direct traffic and just, yeah, pull over to the side. You're white. You, you look like you're white power. Turn over and pull off to the side so we can beat the loving snot out of you. All the rest of y'all, Hispanics, whatever, yeah, you take a right here. You know, we'll hold up a stop sign, let these people walk across. Oh, wait a minute, white supremacist, run them down. <laughs> that's, so that's what is going on in Portland. No law enforcement were to be seen. Antifa paid a not-so-surprising visit to a rally and bear spray paint and, and pepper spray and blunt objects to violently attack people who didn't poli- uh, agree with their political beliefs. Riot police were called in to defuse the situation, but they use pepper balls to combat violent street fighters. The Portland Police Bureau claims Antifa extremists, they crossed or they carried brass knuckles, sharp knives, and even firearms. Strangely, the police claimed no one was arrested. Same scenario happened in New York City. They arrested nine members of the Proud Boys, which is the group that was uh, started by Vice's and uh, CRTV's Gavin McInnes. Um, apparently, they, he just kind of planted the seed and they took it and ran with it. But it's a group that's on the right who show up to these events to provide a simple line of defense. They, they provide a circle of defense around the people who are peacefully protesting so that they can be the wall between Antifa and the peaceful protesters. Because you're not allowed to go out and protest peacefully, march in support of your political views. If you're a conservative, if you're on the right, especially when the governors and mayors of those states and localities are commanding law enforcement to stand down while Antifa thugs, you know, they show up, cause violence, directing traffic and weeding out white individuals so that they can attack them. I mean, if this continues... If lawlessness is allowed, it's going to get ugly. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to push a button where somebody snaps. The problem is the only people snapping are on the left. And that's one thing we need to keep in mind. We cannot snap. We cannot cross that line because you will then be the pariah. You will then be the poster boy for any sort of violence. You will be plastered on every television news station, on every cable news channel, on every online news of, you know, site, on every social media platform, you will be a meme. You will be a, a GIF or a GIF or whatever it is. I, I choose GIF because I'm hungry and it's lunchtime. But you will be the one who will be deemed the reason for all of this when all you were doing is reacting. But allow the Antifa thugs to do, go about their business and hold the line. Because what will happen is the individuals watching it on television, everyday individuals, are getting dismayed and they will change how they vote because they don't want to be associated with that kind of party. Back in just a moment. 
This is Adrian Slade. The Adrian Slade Broadcast. So we're talking about the left again, their violent streaks and their nature. They have no souls, no ethics, no morals. They'll lie and do whatever it takes for power. They'll pretend to be Hispanic in order to win elections in southern border states. They'll pretend to be Native American and even double down on it when it blows up in their face, as it did Elizabeth Warren. Finally, she provided the results of a DNA test administered through Ancestry.com and 23andMe. Now, I still take those companies with a grain of salt, given the progressive nature of many of these newer companies. I mean, look at the tech companies, the new disruptive businesses like Uber and even international business multinational corporations. They have extreme corporate cultures of siding with progressive ideology. And that's the interesting side note. I'm just stepping aside for a second. The Bernie bros, the Sanders supporters who are democratic socialists, along with Focahontas Warren, who participated in Occupy Wall Street and who are the first to demonize capitalist businesses, which a majority of them are littered with CEOs who are progressive. So we're supposed to take the word of Ancestry.com and 23andMe, who might be sympathetic to her campaign. In fact, Ancestry.com has already been shown to sell off your data. Police in Idaho assessed um, Sorosan database in an attempt to identify a suspect in 1996's cold case murder. The police intrusion resulted in a false match with an innocent New Orleans man questioned in the case. It generated negative publicity for Ancestry.com, which decided that year to put the public portions of the Sorosan database behind a firewall, which is a publicly available DNA database acquired from the Sorosan Molecular uh, Genealogical Foundation back in 2012. So, you know, I'm all about being an entrepreneur, finding new revenue models, but like Facebook and Google, they're going to sell your data. Even though it was entrusted by them, we're going to protect that. And even more disturbing is it's now being used for political targeting by those who have different views. They don't even have their customers' interest at heart. See, that's crony capitalism. That's unethical. You're looking at additional revenue streams. Well, maybe if we sell data to other people, you know what? That's where you've crossed the line on your customer base. That's unethical because I don't support, you know... The, safe, the, the destruction of the safety of your customer base, that is the hallmark of good customer service. But Google, you know, we were amazed with their products when they made them in the beginning, never even thinking it would be pitted against us down the road. It's why we should be concerned with artificial intelligence, too, because while we are wowed by the technological advancement, the left is already scheming on a way to be at the forefront of using it as a political weapon. Now, back to Liawatha Elizabeth Warren and her DNA. Even if we can't trust the results, here's the news cycle narrative that happened in the morning, early in the morning. Headline comes out, setting the narrative. Elizabeth Warren's DNA tests show strong evidence of American heritage. Then the details emerge. The Boston Globe initially reported that Warren has strong evidence of Native American heritage stemming from six to ten generations back, which would make her at a minimum one five hundred and twelve or point. 1.9% Native American. The Boston Globe issued a correction on their big scoop about Senator Warren's possible Native American ancestry, showing that their math was off. Oh, great. Throw the narrative on the headlines. Issue the correction on page 438 for no one to see. Correction. Due to a math error, a story about Elizabeth Warren misstated the ancestry percentage of a potential 10th generation relative. It should be 1 1,024th the Globe said in its correction. That would put the percentage at 0.097. 
And Warren doesn't even meet the legal definition to call herself a Cherokee. You have to at least be 132nd genetic descent for, uh, for some unspecified tribe. Remember, she claimed her parents had to elope because of how racist her family or her father's family was, which was complete garbage. She updated her claim of genealogy to fit that legal minimal limit. In fact, she exploited it to her advantage. A 1997 Fordham Law Review piece had Harvard Law School describing her as the school's first woman of color. But now we learn that she's the first one 1,024th woman of color, which is 0.09% color. And what's funny is scientists say the average European-American is 0.18% Native American, even 164th, corresponding to one great-great-great-great-great-grandparent would not qualify Warren for membership in any Native American tribe, nor justify her claims to Native American identity. And that was from Breitbart. And then we find out in a video that the Free Beacon has found that two of the professors featured in Senator Warren's new campaign video about her Native American ancestry have also donated to the Massachusetts senator. Now, it's not a a tremendous amount, but they were donors. What I thought was funny was the Onion article that popped up alongside of it said, Elizabeth Warren disappointed after DNA tests show no evidence of presidential material. (laughs) So at the end of all this, now the Cherokee Nation has chimed in to slam Chief Running Mouth Warren over her claims. And they were pretty, uh, hmm, they were pretty hardcore about it, which is funny because how, how long do you think it's going to be before the news media starts attacking the Cherokee tribe, the Cherokee nation, because of the fact that they're not following suit, they're not lockstep in line with the narrative that she was trying to build? Cherokee Nation Secretary of State Chuck Hoskin Jr. issued the following statement in response to Senator Elizabeth Warren's DNA test claiming Native heritage. Quote, a DNA test is useless to determine tribal citizenship. Current DNA tests do not even distinguish whether a person's ancestors were indigenous to North or South America. Cherokee Nation Secretary of State Chuck Hulskin also said sovereign tribal nations set their own legal requirements for citizenship. And while DNA tests can be used to determine lineage, such as paternity to an individual, it is not evidence for tribal affiliation. Using a DNA test may lay claim to any connection to the Cherokee Nation or any tribal nation, even vaguely, is inappropriate and wrong. It makes a mockery of DNA tests and, it is leg- and its legitimate uses while also dishonoring legitimate tribal governments and their citizens whose ancestors are well-documented and whose heritage is proven. Senator Warren is uh, undermining the tribal interest with her continued claims of tribal heritage. Unfreaking believable so that was the narrative. And that's basically where it all went. These are the same people, these liars, the Beto Hispanic, you know, fake Hispanic, the Irish Hispanic. You got Elizabeth Warren and you've got the thug squad of Antifa out there trying to attack people in the name of fascism. The, the left is complete, completely filled with liars. And those people are the ones calling for violence. Elizabeth Warren, Maxine Waters, Nancy Pelosi, Cory Booker. You know, they're out there saying that you have to rise up and you have to go to people in restaurants and they're fueling the violence that we're seeing all across the nation. In fact, we've got a little Adrian Slade Show hip-hop song that we made for you. 
And we've got a couple of these. You can go through the archives. We got one for Ocasio or Cortez. We have one for Nancy Pelosi, Elizabeth Warren's Impeach 45 remix. I didn't say or I didn't call for impeachment, even though she clearly called for it about a million times. But this is the violent left remix of how they're inciting violence, how they're calling for people to go to restaurants and attack people like Ted Cruz or the Department of Homeland Security, uh, you know, head in a Mexican restaurant. So check it out. And we'll be back on the other side of the break. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. No face, no sleep. No face, no sleep. No face, no sleep. They go low, we kick. No face, no sleep. No face, no sleep. You smear somebody with falsehoods and all the rest, and then you merchandise it. This is about the closest I'll probably ever have in my life to an I am Spartacus moment. And then you write it, and as I see it's reported in the press that this, 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 and this, so they have that validation that the press reported the smear. And then it's called the wrap-up smear. Now I'm going to merchandise the press's report. They go low, we kick. You cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, what you care about. That's what this new Democratic Party is about. This is Adrian Slade. Adrian Slade Broadcast. Why are you trying to block me? I'm trying to walk here. I obey traffic signals. You're a snarky little fucking idiot. Shut the fuck up. Try something. I'm not. I'm not gonna punch you. I'm not like your husband. I'm not gonna punch you. I'm not like your boyfriend or your top boyfriend who's gonna. Not yet, so don't worry. My not husband died. Hey, good for him. Good. Good. Those NYPD were a bunch of sodomizing, fucking sodomizing immigrants with their bully sticks. So yeah, you're a fucking, your husband probably fucking should rot in the grave. Yeah, that right there was another disgusting leftist. You know, they always think that they've got the moral high ground, but the real, you know what, the real. Rhymes with prickhead comes out. And, you know, Bloomberg, I I saw this just earlier today. Bloomberg actually posted this thread about beta male McRad O'Rourke. You know, the guy who he skateboards in the parking lot of the Whataburger and then he drums a air drumming on his steering wheel going through the drive through to the who. Yeah, that guy which we covered, Mr. Eminent Domain, Mr. DUI, gets, you know, gets saved by his judge dad. And then his father-in-law gets a kickback for, you know, the eminent domain for economic development. You know, that guy. Well, they decided to make him the poster boy for civility, you know. But, and, and that's the thing is when you see what they, what Trump does, they want to say, see, Trump has made the, the country so divided and violent 
and so agitated that there is no civility and we need somebody like Beto to bring civility back. In fact, when you cite something like what Trump said about Stormy Daniels with the lawsuit being thrown out where he tweeted, federal judge throws out Stormy Daniels lawsuit versus Trump. Trump is entitled to full legal fees. Great. Now I can go after Horseface and her third-rate lawyer in the great state of Texas. She will confirm the letter she, she signed. She knows nothing about me. A total con. Yeah, I mean, that could be looked at as harsh, calling the girl Horseface. I mean, she did go out and write. She went out, and, and this is something I brought up months ago. If you've listened to the podcast, how much of what she was doing was actual blackmail and extortion? I mean, so she deserves everything that's coming to her, whether we like it or not. I don't advocate for Trump calling her a horse face, but if it's coming down the pike, well, you know, karma, you know, instant karma, as John Lennon would once say. But that's the thing. She can go on about, you know, his mushroom tip or whatever, and he can go on about, you know, horse face. And they want to blame all of that rhetoric on some sort of uh, morality that, the right lacks that the left suddenly has embraced. You know, they went on about Beto O'Rourke on this Bloomberg uh, thread. What makes Beto O'Rourke so unusual? He stresses the importance of working with everyone to get the job done. Yeah, working with this community by making them sell off their houses at one-fourth of the price it's valued at to the city so that they can, you know, build an economic hub and then his father-in-law can bank off of it. And so can he. Win or lose, Beto O'Rourke has run perhaps the most consequential race of the 2018 election. Yeah, consequential to Democrat finances. They have shoveled more money up this guy's rear than any of their candidates, and he doesn't even still lead in the polls. Beto O'Rourke has skillfully harnessed the anxiety and rage generated by Trumpism's assaults on Democratic values and transform them into willful, defiant optimism. Uh, no, all right, this division of rage and anxiety can be stemmed back even to the Obama administration, okay? Dividing us by race, by gender, Me Too, Black Lives Matter, we can go down the line. And Beto isn't harnessing some sort of, you know, anti-Trumpism. Beto is a puppet who is getting money poured down his throat and still can't pull it off. But they think he's like some sort of John F. Kennedy. And the guy's a hack. Trump took his supporters' anxiety over race and culture and sexual politics and channeled it into hatred. Aurorik has taken the rage felt by millions of liberals in trying to make something better of it. Beto O'Rourke's campaign is a righteous howl. There's a market out there for decency. We won't know until November how big it is. Well, don't hold your breath because... The decency that you think that you have that was just on display with that gentleman yelling at that lady and basically, you know, insulting and ridiculing her and her dead husband who died in the most deadly terror attack on U.S. soil. That represents the current progressive Democrat Party in the media. It's all a ruse. It's all a media ruse. They believe that if they can write a news article about it, then it must be true, just like they're trying to do to save the bombing, you know, ABC sitcom, they're trying to turd polish the Connors, the Roseanne spinoff. You know, it's funny because I knew that this, this spinoff was going to fail. I mean, it's obvious. And what was really interesting was I was listening to people in certain areas of my life that 
I know that they don't know my politics. I don't know theirs. But I do know just from observing them that they always cite CNN and they always kind of go with whatever the pop culture is telling them, whatever the news media is telling them. And it was interesting because all of them said, yeah, did you see the Connors? Yeah, I saw it. I don't think I'm going to watch it anymore. Yeah, I took it off my DVR. So if they're saying that and that is a good sampling of the low information crowd, the crowd that just doesn't care about politics that much, but typically votes Democrat because they think the GOP is some sort of racist, uh, you know, prudish, just lacking of liberty kind of party, which they're not. Well, then it's a good chance that is going to completely fail and go down like a Led Zeppelin. <laughs> you know where they got the name from, the Hindenburg. So it's going to go down in flames. So, but the, what, what was the media doing? Well, they were immediately flooding the media and all of the uh, different outlets with laudatory puff pieces about how great the show was and how viewers just thought it was great, even though, you know, actual viewers that I've heard perceived it as pretty lackluster. But they want to influence reality and cloak true awfulness with fabricated garbage. That's how the media works. So let's delve into this moral and civil party who is injecting temperament into our divided states of America of politics and culture. Protesters destroy GOP headquarters in New York City. The Daily Caller's Carrie Pickett reported that the Metropolitan Republican Club in Manhattan, which houses the Manhattan Republican Party, and the New York City Regional Office of the New, New York Republican Party was vandalized, including broken windows and spray-painted anarchist symbols. The criminal group that did the damage also left a note. Hey, that was sweet of them. Left a nice little love note. Tonight, we put the Republican Party on notice in defiance to the policy of mass misery that they have championed. The U.S. government has established concentration camps around the country for Latino people, shamelessly murdering black people, and continues its war machine that has slaughtered Muslim people with impunity for decades. Wow, this person's way off the deep end. The so-called land of the free leads the world in incarceration rates per capita, all while profiteering in the new plantation within the prison walls. While these atrocities persist unabated in the Metropolitan Republican Club, they chose to invite a hipster fascist clown to dance for them, content to, reve uh, to revel in their treachery against humanity. The Republican Party joined their spineless partners in crime, the Democrats, or, or the Democrat Institute, a policy of domestic and foreign terror felt the world over. Our attack is merely the beginning. We are a passive, or we are not passive, we are not civil, and we will not apologize. Those of good conscience and clear mind know this state of oppression cannot remain. The U.S. fascist political system is one of the most savage institutions in history, and we will combat it relentlessly until we are free of American bar barbarism. See, that's the thing about these notes. You'll notice it's not just when, when it's an Antifa-related group. They're not just picking on the GOP. They throw in the Democrats, too, because what they're doing with the Democrat Socialist of America Party and what they're doing with these Antifa groups is they're basically anarchist, socialist, Marxist, whatever the, whatever the flavor. They're not American. And they want to flip whatever political party they can take hold of, which is more, of, more likely they can do it with the Democrat Party. But then they want to destroy America across the board. So that's where they're going with all this. 
Going back to the article just a few weeks ago, vandals covered Republican office in Illinois with the word rape in the midst of the hearings regarding now Justice Kavanaugh. The Metropolitan Republican Club attributed the attacks to the leftist hate group Antifa, adding Republicans are a minority party in New York City by a wide margin. And while most city residents are respectful of our activities, our grassroots actions are often met with hostility. Last night's shameful attack by Antifa cowards represents a new tragic low. So that happened in New York and also what we covered in Illinois. But it also happened in Arizona. The Daily Caller is reporting that GOP offices in Arizona have been targeted by vandals. The latest report attack occurred at the Mesa, Arizona office. According to LifeNews.com, quote, this comes as another GOP office was vandalized just hours away in Flagstaff. During the August incident, a rock was thrown through the window and had an expletive Trump written note attached. GOP offices have been vandalized across the U.S. throughout the midterm elections in such places like Nebraska, Illinois, and Wyoming. Another GOP office vandalized in Arizona. They throw rocks. We knock on doors. That's what uh, Rick Gorka tweeted out. The Daily Caller continued saying, reported that the window that was shattered had a sign for Arizona Republican Governor Doug Ducey displayed. Ducey is looking to continue serving as governor and is running against Democrat David Garcia in the November 6th midterm elections. So that's civility. We're going to cover some more events by these individuals on the other side of the break. But that civility that they claim to have, that we heard in the, in the little hip-hop song I made, that they, they're calling for violence. They're calling for people to show up in restaurants. They're calling for you to get shouted down to where you can't go into public squares. This is all being ramped up by something bigger than just the Democrat Party. We have to, we have to realize that. Two dog whistles that you will see is whenever they say they threaten our democracy. Well, they threaten the democracy that they want, a direct democracy, mob rule, eliminate the electoral college, and which is funny because at one point they touted federalism. They were like, oh, yeah, we, we need to go on the local level. Well, guess what federalism is? It is the electoral college. Federalism is 50 states doing elections on the state and local level to decide in their state who they're going to pull for in the presidential election. That's federalism. But yet they want to go local, but yet they want global and they want federal. And so what they're doing is they're wanting to use the Democrat Party as the political vehicle that they can take their anarchism and they can take their their leftist views of Amer of how this country should be run, destroy the representative Republican and remake it in their new image. Back in a second. This is Adrian Slade. The Adrian Slade Broadcast. So that party of civility that's now has its own coup occurring within its ranks, the ones that are out there saying, oh, you know, somebody like beta male McRad O'Rourke, you know, uh, McTwist doing his little uh, 720 out there in the Whataburg parking lot. When we look at um, how they're saying that he is embracing this kumbaya reach across, reach around across the aisle mentality, and that he's looking to call for civility. 
It's all a ruse because their own political operatives are out there advocating for violence, advocating for incivility. And in result, we're seeing their Antifa arms go into places and destroy GOP headquarters all across the nation. We looked at Nebraska, Illinois, Wyoming, New York, Arizona. And now in Austin, you have another group. And of course, like I said, they have hatred for both parties. They hate the Democrats as much as they hate the GOP, but they're working within the Democrat Party because that is the one vehicle that sides with their ideology enough that they can use the political uh, gains, the ballot access, the, uh, the infrastructure to get where they want to go. And in Austin, Texas, we had this happen. PJ Media reported this. Maoist revolutionaries across the country are demanding violent revolts on Election Day to protest what they call a bourgeoisie farce according to their recent post on social media. As Far Left Watch reports, the Red Guards of Austin escalated its war against imperialism last week by placing severed pig's heads at polling places and campaign offices around Austin, Texas. The group is calling for revolutionary violence rather than participation in the bourgeoisie elections. The Red Guards of L.A., or, or the Red Guards, L.A., shared grotesque photos on Twitter. Militants place severed pig's heads and play cards protesting the elections at polling places and campaign offices in and around Texas. Cruz and O'Rourke are imperialist pigs. Elections, no. Revolution, yes. O'Rourke is an imperialist pig. Elections, no. Revolution, yes. Yeah, that's what they put up. Red Guards of Austin carried out the extreme act after it commenced Chairman Mao's Cultural Revolution in China when it estimated 36 million people were killed by murder and starvation. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why they always tout those individuals. Che Guevara, Mao, Stalin, anybody that killed tons of people outside of Hitler. For some reason, Hitler doesn't jive with what they do, but, you know, Mao does. Writing in a passive voice, the Red Guards of Austin stated in an October 10th post that a speech... That was given on October 1st to promote the election boycott and commemorate the 69th anniversary of the Chinese Revolution led by Chairman Mao. Communists and revolutionaries assembled to release 69 floating lanterns adorned with revolutionary slogans and images of Chairman Mao. Among the masses um, showed interest in the event and the speech resonated with them as the working class more and more comes to understand that the bourgeoisie elections are a farce They become more and more accepting of the necessity of armed revolution and protracted people's war. So that's what we're dealing with. The Red Guards of Austin shared on Facebook an image of Ted Cruz and his Democrat rival, Beto O'Rourke, as a homophobic imperialist pig and a Zionist imperialist pig. Notice the uh, anti-Semitism there. Respectfully, quote, in the main aspect, the election's boycotts are carried out by Maoist And they seek to attack imperialist politicians and to uh, rise up revolutionary forces from revisionist forces among these masses. This follows the experience of the PCP and applies these lessons diversely to conditions within imperialist countries as the boycotts in the U.S., France, Canada and Norway, to name a few, exemplify. These attacks and, and demarcations in our given conditions are quite important and are far from being infantile. The Red Guards of uh, Pittsburgh posted on their Facebook page in solidarity with the Kansas City comrades 
Red Guards Charlotte also shared elections no, revolution yes messages. So here we have this group, Antifa, Antifa, however you want to pronounce it. Tomato, tomato, potato, potato. They're out there basically wanting to destroy the fabric of what this country was founded upon. And what's interesting is when you find out that they actually, when the G20 was being held over in Germany, if you remember that a couple years ago, Antifa traveled there and met with Al-Qaeda and ISIS leaders to plot destruction of President Trump and all types of other resistance movements within the nation. This is from the Daily Mail, the UK Daily Mail. A secret FBI investigation of the violent resistance movement on uh, college campuses has led to an alarming discovery. The collusion between American anarchists and foreign terrorists in Islamic State and Al-Qaeda outfits, according to a confidential informational report by FBI field offices. Quote, there is clearly overwhelming evidence that there are growing ties between U.S. radicals and the Islamic State, as well as several offshoots and splinter groups, stated the FBI field report, which was delivered to acting director Andrew McCabe back in 2017 and are being published for the first time in an Ezra, I think it's in an Ezra Klein book. Or um, not Ezra Klein, um, I can't remember the gentleman's name off the top of my head, but we'll get that information to you. The FBI reported on efforts by Islamic terrorists to recruit followers among violent U.S. groups like Antifa and collaborate uh, with those groups against President Trump's claims. And that's what led to the uh, summer's deadly protest in Charlottesville, that left-wing anarchist groups are just as dangerous as right-wing supremacists. Last summer, the FBI dispatched a task force to Europe to report on the massive demonstrations planned by radical groups such as the German contingent Antifascistic Anticon to protest President Trump's attendance at a meeting of leaders and central bank governors of the G20 of major industrialized countries. The task force covered G20 meetings in Hamburg. There's also evidence of the meetings between these anti-fascist individuals and associates of ISIS. And so I, I bring that up because it really goes to show you there's something that happened in Vegas and I've covered this before to where I think it was a collaboration of Antifa and ISIS and it goes to show that we really and maybe that's why the FBI found a way to bury that whole story maybe local government FBI because they didn't want this connection to go further and based on the FBI investigation we just read they're well aware of it but then PJ Media put this out just a couple of days ago Just days before one ISIS-allied media group released a propaganda poster threatening to attack concerts with a knife, another prolific ISIS media group threatened grenade attacks at music uh, venues. The group behind the latter threat has issued a number of slick videos and posters this year, including one warning of knife-wielding terrorists on commercial flights. The new Al-Abd Al-Fakir poster, released last week of September, depicts... A jihadist blending into the crowd wearing a t-shirt and jeans. As concert goers face the stage, the jihadist grabs the grenade with his right hand. Quote, we have prepared for you what you never crossed or what has never crossed your mind for the goal is to horrify you and terrorize you and harm you. So we have an ISIS threat to concert venues. Does that sound familiar? I mean, they're talking about blending in with knives, with grenades. And this is new. This is not 
you know, some story that got recycled through uh, social media or what have you around the time or even before Vegas. This is right now, last week. And that's the thing. It makes me wonder, ISIS tripled and quadrupled down on Vegas. You remember that uh, that lady, Rum, I can't remember her name, Rumkini, she's a Washington Post writer, and she, following ISIS, because she's like an expert on ISIS, said it was really bizarre that they did this and never backtracked it. You know, she looked up the channels that she monitors ISIS operatives in, and they were perplexed. Some of them said, is this our guy? Some of them said, I don't know. Do we claim this? Others said it was. So there, Vegas still is in a shroud of uncertainty. But when you look at it through the lens of what Antifa is doing, and when you look at the fact that Antifa met with ISIS over in Germany during the G20, and you look at the fact that ISIS is out there talking about attacking concert venues, there's good possibility that they may have had a hand in it. Maybe both. Maybe Stephen Paddock's was an Antifa operative. But when you look at shootings in baseball stadiums and being attacked on riding lawnmowers, civility is not what the Democrats want, and they're being taken over by the progressive left. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. You can listen to us every weekend on Mojo Five O, the new platform for libertarian, conservatarian, conservative talk. Also, check out the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Spotify, and various other podcast platforms. Get the free Roku channel in your streaming store. Also, you can donate patreon.com slash Adrian Slade Show, $2 a month or whichever amount you wish. You can also check out the blog, adriansladeshow.com. We'll see you guys next time.